Evolving AI Regulation in Canada. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Carol Piovizan, co-founder and managing partner at Inc. Law. Welcome, Carol. Thanks for having me. So Inc. Law is relatively new. What motivated you and your co-founder to start the firm? I'm a litigator by training. I was working at a large national firm here in Canada, and uh, I was really looking at the intersection of technology and data, and then looking at it from a litigation perspective. So what happens when a technology is used improperly or something goes wrong as the result of use of technology? And when I looked at that from the perspective of artificial intelligence, what, what became really clear to me is that there's almost like uh, nexus, there's a break in the nexus of law for liability, which means all fancy words to say, sometimes you can't find the appropriate person to blame for something going wrong because you don't have a close enough cause between the creation of a device or a system and a harm caused. So I really came at this world from the perspective of liability and litigation. And then sort of step back and looked at the entirety of what it means from a legal perspective to bring an AI system to life. And when you look at that, you have to start with the data. And the data, there are, it's a very complex structure of policy, law, ethics that have to, that touch on this, the regulation and use of data. With that, um, I recognized that there was an enormous market of customers and clients that are trying to collect data, use it responsibly, and yet there were, um, there was sort of insufficient um, legal assistance to provide that across different jurisdictions and to really think about it holistically. So we founded Inc. Law because we focus on those data issues. We focus on those issues, um, not only in the, in um, the practice of, or the use of data, but we also look at it from different sectors. So for instance, we do a lot in health and we wanted to be able to focus on the law, policy and ethics of data collection and use. So let's dive into that. You, you spoke about some of these. What are the background issues related to artificial intelligence in general and automated decision-making systems in particular? So if you look at um, the practice of uh, regulating automated decision systems, the reason there's so much attention that's being placed on that, both in Europe under the general data protection regulation, so their data protection law, and increasingly in Canada, we've got a new uh, privacy reform bill that was introduced, as well as in different parts of the US. The reason we are looking at regulating automated decision systems is because the decision of the system impacts an individual. And in our societies as individuals, we want to be able to understand and challenge those decisions if we disagree with them. Where it's a human, you can turn to that individual and say, hey, why did you do that? Why did you deny me that credit? Or why did you issue that sentence, that criminal sentence? Why is it that you did that? And the individual can explain their reasoning. Well, in the automated decision context, it's a much more complicated explanation. And so we're looking at different ways of regulating that so that we can have clarity around what companies should do in terms of explainability and then what individuals can expect 
in terms of that explainability, but also in terms of their right to recourse, right? How do you challenge that decision? Who do you go to to challenge it? So transparency in algorithms is very important. It goes back to data curation and cleaning, right? You're absolutely right. So transparency is, is, is increasingly one of those critical areas where we expect to see greater regulation of AI systems. Uh, again, to create for actually various reasons. The first is there's a major trust deficit when it comes to the use of artificial intelligence. It's that creepy factor where there's a system that's operating and it's starting to analyze a huge amount of data about you and make predictions about you that are very accurate. And so that, that creating that relationship between the human and the technology is important to create and foster trust. Okay, and trust from a business perspective, but also trust from a use perspective. Do you use that technology? Do you trust that it's safe? Do you trust that it's accurate, that it's reliable? So questions around um, trust are critical in the concept of transparency, but also because we do know that these systems are being used in some pretty complicated use cases. So is it facial recognition and the use of uh, law, by, in the use by law enforcement? Is it, um, a triaging AI system in an ER department at a hospital? Is it, uh, I was just speaking yesterday on a, a panel, a legal panel that was talking about the use of AI to help triage visas for the entry into a country. So in Canada, we, we used a triaging AI system to help determine uh, first frontline uh, accessibility of certain visas into Canada. And all of that then means that there is a determination by a system that is having an impact on my access to a certain benefit. It might impact my liberty. It might impact you know, other rights and, and, um, and sort of claims and benefits that we have. And so we want to have parameters around that so that there's greater clarity as to what we can expect and a clearer path to challenge that if we disagree with the decision, right? We wanna know how we can challenge that. Transparency is one component. So you'll often hear about transparency and explainability as being um, supportive of one another. And really when you're looking at transparency, you're trying to understand the overall process. You're trying to understand who's involved in that process. And explainability becomes a little bit more of a technical definition as to what actually, what does the explanation look like? So where are we at then? What steps has the Canadian federal government taken so far along these lines? What regulations are actually being considered today? We have two different uh, avenues to provide guidance around the use of automated decision systems in particular. The first has to do with the federal government. So about a year and a half ago, maybe two, the federal government adopted a directive on automated decision systems for its own procurement of AI systems that, that rendered a decision on uh, that it impacted an individual. And this directive um, identifies certain controls and mechanisms that need to be put in place depending on the risk category of the system. Uh, there was a, a supportive algorithmic impact assessment that was created to, to um, facilitate that risk assessment, such that if a government department wanted to start using an automated decision system, they would run through the AIA, the algorithmic impact assessment, that would render a particular score that would tell 
the department, you know, where on the risk spectrum this system falls. And then you'd go to the directive and you would understand what you need to put in place to properly roll out the use of that system. So that's an example. And it's, it's fascinating because it's one of the first that we've seen in the world. It's been used by a number of different jurisdictions um, as an example of how a government can start onboarding some of these systems, but doing so responsibly, like really thoughtfully. Um, and even recently, we had an outreach from uh, California State Department um, asking for more information about that directive because of the fact that it's quite leading in that respect. So that's one thing. The second is uh, only a few months ago in the midst of the global pandemic, the federal government released uh, Bill C-11, which is a bill here in Canada to reform our privacy law. And for the first time, what we're finding is the government introduced regulation in that bill that would uh, regulate automated decision systems. Um, and what's, you know, the, the way the government um, drafted that regulation was to make it very, very broad. So what was considered an automated decision system ranged from rules-based analysis through to neural nets. So a really broad range of systems would be caught. And it would be any system that assists or replaces human judgment that has an impact on an individual. So again, very wide range. In fact, much broader and much, much wider than what you see under the general data protection regulation of Europe. So Europe has a similar type of regulation under, just for reference purposes under Article 22, but it's much narrower. So Canada has gone that step further to say, we are going to look at a broad range of systems and we're going to require explainability for those systems and an inventory on any system that has a significant impact on an individual. Uh, and I think in that respect, Canada is leading in terms of the uh, degree to which they're trying to regulate automated decision systems. They're going much farther. In your opinion, are there still issues to be addressed in the regulation of AI? And if so, what are they? There are a number of issues that will need to be addressed as we go forward. Uh, I am not a huge proponent of rushing to regulation. The technology is evolving and it's evolving very rapidly. And that's not, that's not the strength of law or regulation. It doesn't move as quickly. There is a movement to have more agile regulation in the context of emerging technologies, absolutely. But fundamentally regulation, once it becomes uh, written in law, it's hard. It needs time to be to interpret. It needs time to grow as a body of law. So it's very hard to change. Um, rather, I think where we're going to head in the next five years, five to 10 years, is following more of a risk-based approach to the analysis and understanding of AI. And there, what I think you're going to find is what we're trying, the risks we're trying to mitigate are risks of harm to individual, to rights, to property, to environment and creating some degree of clarity around what the system is doing, why is it doing it, how is it being used, and then what are those controls in place to mitigate harm from unintended consequences. But I'll tell you the other thing, where we are right now fundamentally is not so much in the regulation of AI, that will come. But where we are right now is in that emerging and really complex, rich regulation of data. And today we talk about it in terms of personal information. We talk about it in terms of privacy, but increasingly we're moving towards data as 
much broader definition of data to govern and regulate the use of data. AI will be one example, and it will be a very powerful example that will need its own set of parameters around to ensure that it's not harmful. But right now we're still at the point where we're trying to understand the power of data and understand how you can create meaningful um, uh, laws, regulations, whether it's ordinances or other rules to properly protect that data, both in terms of how it's collected, by whom, where it's shared, and then how it's used. Carol Piovizan, co-founder and managing partner at Inc. Law. If somebody wants to connect with you, Carol, maybe they want to find out more about your work. How can they do that? You can reach me through our firm website, www.inq.law, or you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Thanks again for your time, Carol. Thank you. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.